Welcome to the Awakening Podcast Network. Get ready for an inspiring audio from this cutting-edge voice. You can find more podcasts at awakeningpodcasts.com. You want to go deeper? Get equipped to overcome and walk in God's purpose for your life at Awakening House of Prayer's online campus. You'll experience an online family, preaching, teaching, and prophetic impartation for victorious living. We have over a thousand members online hungry for what God is saying and doing in the earth. Visit ahop.online today and join our family. AHOP TV empowers believers with spirit-inspired messages and strategic equipping that accelerates your spiritual growth. You can subscribe to stream weekly content from Awakening House of Prayer, conferences, and other exclusive content to stir your hunger and encourage your heart. Visit us online at ahop.tv. God bless the Lord's favor, grace, blessing, be upon all of you in the name of Jesus Christ. I want to talk to you today about how do you know it ain't a demon? How do you know it's not a demon? Um, so I got a thought, revelation I want to share with you guys. And I have to laugh, you know, because <laughs> it might appear that I think about demons all day. The truth of the matter is I actually don't. You know, um, it's literally rare this year that I've been actually doing deliverance because I've been more teaching it and doing the book tour. Um, but today is one of those days where, you know, um, as I sit and observe and I listen to other believers, um, and I have the great privilege of interacting uh, with many different types of denomination. One of the great things that God has given this ministry is, um, unlike some of my other ministry friends is, is, is that I actually cross pollinate. Um, you find me in multiple camps doing deliverance. You know, um, I don't have a particular type of camp that I preach in. Um, I just go wherever I'm invited and whoever's open to deliverance, uh, let's just do it. So I, I have the great privilege of being able to hear multiple worldviews. Um, and you know, when you're quiet, and um, you allow yourself to uh, really take in what people are saying, you find that there could be a lot of revelation and insight given and deposited to you by the Holy Spirit um, to help you perfect and polish and to polish uh, whatever it is that God has graced you to do. All right, so um, I want to talk to you today for the next few moments um, under uh, what I'm thinking about is how, you know, how do you know it's not a demon? The prevalent uh, statement that I hear, especially among uh, modern evangelicals within the context of the pastoral is, is not the devil, is you. Now, I get it. Um, obviously, the ministry of deliverance has been abused um, and negates um, or gives this sense of, you know, justification for lack of personal responsibility. The truth of the matter is everything is not a demon. Um, and most of it is, is actually, uh, irresponsibility on the part of the believer in either disciplining their flesh, uh, um, being disobedient to the scriptures or failing, uh, or ignorance, just ignorance of not knowing what exactly what God wants you to do. But there are moments a large percentage of things that believers go through 
when it is a demon. Now, I'm going to argue with you today, and I'm going to argue with uh, some of my uh, ministry friends, uh, pastoral colleagues, uh, especially those that are pastor. I'm going to challenge that statement of everything is not the devil is you. All right. My question is this. Um, how do you know it ain't a demon? How do you know? What is the basis uh, for your analysis to come to the conclusion um, that this person's situation um, is not the devil? It is not a demon. Uh, you know, um, I, where are you coming up with that conclusion when I have found that most people haven't even took the time to investigate and even sit with people to hear the story and hear the situation in its entirety to be able to even say, you know what, my brother, my sister, I don't think that's the devil. That might be you. Now watch this. Romans chapter one, right? That's somebody write that in the chat room. Romans chapter one. Um, I love this chapter because it is the, it is the, uh, single-handedly the most thorough chapter in all of the New Testament, specifically within the Pauline epistles where um, any other apostle gives a thorough breakdown concerning various sins and degrees of sins. I love that chapter. Um, you could do an exhaustive study uh, with Romans chapter 1 towards the end of the chapter when the Apostle Paul starts breaking down various types of uh, iniquity. He really goes into um, a, a whole category of sins uh, that most of us believers have never preached on. You know, um, you could find you could find a bunch of big words and big sins in Romans chapter one um, that I have yet to hear a sermon preached on. You know, um, so powerful. The text exegesis is letting us know. Uh, it's giving us the manifestations of the flesh. Now watch this. Paul goes a step further in Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5, when he says the works of the flesh. Uh, Romans chapter 1 is the degrees of sin. But Romans, uh, Galatians chapter 5 is the degrees of the works of the flesh. So there is uh, what I would call sins of omission, sins of commission. Or rather, uh, sins of iniquity. Uh, and sins of flesh or manifestations of the flesh, right? He goes into the works of the flesh are these. And he starts naming these particular sins that, that are not outlined in Romans chapter 1. Okay, let's tackle that. Let's tackle that. Okay, let's tackle that. Now, we know uh, that both chapters are dealing with uh, expressions of the flesh or rather of uh, the degrees um, in which without any discipline uh, up to what level our sinful nature um, unregenerate sinful nature can go there. We know that if our flesh is left unregulated with no rules and no regulations, we could go down the, we, we could end up in a place of total depravity. I, I totally get it. Like we could go there if, if we're left to our own devices. Now watch this. Now watch this. Now let's break down, uh, each of these particular degrees of iniquity or categories of iniquity uh, or manifestation or works, works, W-O-R-K-S of the flesh, Galatians 5. Now watch this. Let's look at each one. Let's look at each one right now. I'm not going to get into each one, but let's analyze each one. Let's, let's, let's presuppose that you're dealing, watch this, uh, with one of those 
with one of those uh, particular sins. Now watch this. Let me ask you this question. With that being said, with, with, with that being said, uh, demon spirits, do they sin? Watch this. Demon spirits, do they tempt people to sin? Watch this. Watch this. Do demons specialize in sin? Somebody answer that question. Do demons or can they specialize in sin? Can they particularly uh, have their focus on one particular sin? Do they, one, do they sin? Do demons sin? Second, do they focus on, uh, do they tempt people? Do they focus on tempting people to sin? Right? Three, watch this. Or let me ask you this. Do, can demons, uh, bypass a buffet of sins or a plethora of sins and just focus on one? Do demons, can a demon specialize, um, in one particular sin? I'm going to ask you that question. And when I get a slight moment, cause I'm driving, I really can't put it. I'm just going to take a quick glance, you know, and, uh, just to see what you're saying. Now, Hopefully you're saying yes. We know demons sin. Why? Because they are bound with eternal chains to always sin. Demons cannot repent. They neither desire to repent because they can't repent. Their nature has been completely given over to sin. And there's no truth or light in them. They don't repent and they neither desire to repent. Now that's a, that could, that could be another topic. For a whole other day. Now watch this. Do we know demons tempt people to sin? Because Matthew chapter 4 says the tempter. He didn't say temptation. The verse says, Matthew chapter 4 says the tempter. So now there's a big, there's a big distinguished uh, uh, dichotomy going on here between temptation and the tempter, right? Matthew chapter 4 says the tempter. Temptor came and tempted Jesus. Ah, okay, that's heavy. That's heavy. Now watch this. Look at the text. He tempted Jesus three times, which means the devil or the tempter, watch this, was specific. Trying to get uh, uh, the Son of God to sin in a particular area, right? He was trying to get uh, Jesus uh, to uh, uh, sin in one specific area. He told him, watch this, if you bow down to me, watch this, if you bow down to me, I'll give you all of the kingdoms of this world, right? And we don't find, we don't find the tempter, watch this, just Bombarding Jesus with a rat tat 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 of a bunch of sins. No, the tempter was specific, right? Was specific and wanted him to bow down to him and worship him, right? Did you, uh, did, did you, did you, uh, did you catch what I, did you catch what I'm saying? Now watch this, watch this. All right. This lets me know that the devil or demons can, watch this, can focus their energy, watch this, focus their energy on getting a believer to do a specific thing, not just a generic 
vague thing. Like he's not all day throwing at you a bunch of temptations and then just hope you hit one. No, that doesn't sound like strategic warfare. Can a demon sit there and instigate, promote and market you or a believer to sin in a particular area? Yes. Okay, hold that thought. Now watch this. When and where does sin stop? Sin does not stop because the Bible says in Revelation chapter 2, the depths of Satan, D-E-P-T-H-S, depths as in abyss, which means there are levels and degrees to evil. Sin never stops. As long as there's a willing participant, it gets more and more uh, depraved and more and more evil. The Bible calls it the depths of Satan. All right, now watch this. Since when have we become the end all be all to know the name and the category to every sin? Let me say that again. Since when has any human being, even Paul, get to the place that he was able to pen and categorize and say, whatever I wrote, that's it, nothing outside of this. We don't, we don't see that because Paul himself, Paul himself says, when I was a child, I spoke as a child, I reasoned as a child, I understood as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. So Paul is indirectly saying that he himself was growing in his knowledge. He was growing. Okay, now watch this. Paul, listen to me, was 2,000 years ago. You mean to tell me from 2,000 years ago until now, sin stopped uh, and sin hasn't evolved? That sin hasn't gotten more deeper and more profound and more uh, depraved and more dark? That makes absolutely no sense. Only immature believers who just got saved will think such things because they're just being faithful to the text. And no, Paul said it and then that's it. But as you grow in your faith, you realize that Paul wrote according to his understanding the best that he knew and penned what he knew and kept penning and writing until the Lord called him home. Right? But it doesn't end there. Because we know sin is ever evolving. Now watch this. I'm headed somewhere. I'm headed somewhere to my uh, primary statement of what I said in the opening text of how do you know it ain't a demon? Watch this. So if sin, if sin is ever evolving and if 2000 years have passed, we know that sin um we know that at least at this point, there are a whole new category of sin. And, and if you go, that's the, you can make that statement, man of God. Yes, I can. And I'm going to prove it to you. Hip hop culture, hip hop culture is literally going on 40 years, 35, 36 years old, 1970s. Prior to that, hip hop did not exist. Which means all pop has produced and all of the, all of the murders, drive-bys, all of the levels, hip hop music wasn't even around, uh, 40 years ago. Did you catch it? 
hip hop and all of the sin that comes with that and that that culture uh um is relatively 40 years old 40 years old i rest my case 40 50 years ago hip hop did not exist right right did you catch what i just said 40 years ago hip hop did not exist right so here we are 40 years later um having to deal with watch this a whole new class of whatever negative evil hip hop produces not that hip hop is evil and not that it's inherently evil what gangster rap or whatever the case may be what that has produced that's 40 years old that means 50 years ago we were not dealing with that type of demon that type of demon we didn't deal with it oh so man got and became more depraved and tapped into that and that became a evolutionized new demon did you catch what i just said i'm giving you an allegory um and a and a and a meta and a metaphor did you catch what i just said all right all right now watch this watch this watch this if listen to me if we are experiencing 40 years later what 50 years ago did not exist which we know demons be running up in that culture that means that there are watch this ever evolving iniquity and there is ever evolving demonic demonic demons being birthed not that a demon is being created but rather a new evil a new evil not that a demon is being created like in a matter like a like in a factory whatever angels fell that number has not changed but whatever they can manufacture let me give you another verse watch this and then i'm gonna throw this at you and then i'm done first timothy chapter four verse one says doctrine of demons which means there are demon theologians, which means that there will be false doctrines that will be birthed tomorrow that did not exist today, which required a demon to sit there and form it. And when it's ready, release it to the masses. And now you and I have a new, a new demon to contend with and a new doctrine and a new evil. Watch this. Why? Because a demon is consistently, consistently, uh, forming and releasing something new. Now, I'm saying all of that to say this one statement, because if I don't help break this down, my ghost watchers and some of you will, because you got, you got green eye, be like, I, I got them in something. Look, you see, that's heresy. Watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. Watch this. Uh, look at this. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this. If evil is being birthed in, in something new, watch this. And if new sins can be birthed tomorrow, watch this. Then you and I have no authority to sit there and go, that is not a demon. That is not a demon. How do you know? How do you know? Pastors are quick to say, 
Stop it, my brother, my sister. That is not a demon. That is not a demon. How do you know it's not a demon? How do you know it's not a demon? Did you catch it? You don't know. You don't know. Just be honest and say you don't want to do the deliverance. Or be honest and say you got your own demons and you just don't want to get exposed. You cannot sit here and say, stop it, my brother. Stop it, my sister. Uh, when they're manifesting and then just flat out say, you hear that? Let's just say, let me give an example. Let me just give you an example of how we do this. Let's just say um, someone is conducting deliverance on somebody. You happen to witness it. And let's just say this person is addicted to, let's say, uh, secular music, right? They idolize musicians and artists and that's a big one that young people are enslaved to. Let's just say, and let's say you happen to see this minister doing a deliverance on someone and they call out demon of starstruck and say, you starstruck, you starstruck demon, come out. Now, obviously, I just made that up. I just made that up right now. Now, can a, can a person be starstruck in real life with a musician that they idolize? Yes. 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 Then why would not, why wouldn't I call out and say, you starstruck spirit, come out. What, what, what am I saying? The demon that makes them idolize a musician and makes them fall into a, trans and we call it starstruck then you get some seminary biblical institute graduate who've been pastoring for 10 20 years hears that and then just goes ah that's false doctrine that that's not right that's heresy that's that's stretching it stretching it my sister that, that you're stretching it you're in error be careful that's a spirit that's a demon of error how do you know? How do you know? You don't know. You don't know. You're just being zealous to what they taught you. But you haven't proof, you haven't proof text what they taught you because you received it from people you respect and love who you admire and feel that they're not wrong. AKA, you're a minister who's starstruck with your favorite Biblical teacher, did you catch what the Holy Spirit just gave me? Crazy. The Holy Spirit just dropped that bomb on me right now. Now watch this. Watch this. So watch this. So when, when you and I is helping someone get set free and the Holy Spirit inspires, the Holy Spirit inspires something, be bold and to decree it. And say, come out, you demon of, and then call it out. Want to know why? Because you never know if that really is a demon that God is trying to reveal to you that hasn't been exposed yet. And for those of you on the sidelines, you're going to have to tone it down and say, you know what? I never heard of that, but... It worked, and because I never heard of it, it, and because I don't have an actual scripture, like, Starstruck is not a scripture. You can't find it, Starstruck in a scripture. 
Well, I'm over so I could probably find one. But let's, I'm just using, I just gave that one as a pop freestyle off the head example of calling something out. Uh, you know, so, so watch this. So watch this. Let me give another example of what's coming to me. Let's say you're doing deliverance and you say, come out, you demon of beggars can't be choosy. <laughs> I gotta laugh. <laughs> Listen, what if you, you unclean spirit of beggars, you demon of beggars can't be choosy. Come out of them now in Jesus name. If you on the sidelines, you're going to listen to that and go, that's error. I, impossible. How do you know? I know a lot of people in the Bronx who are straight beggars. <laughs> who are straight beggars. We call them freeloaders. They, they're some begging folk. How many of you can be honest? You know some begging folk, right? Well, that demon is a sign to make them uh, be angry at people who give them what they have and then they get mad. Let me give you an example of that. Back in the days when a homeless person, watch this, when a homeless person used to ask you for help and you gave them something, they would say thank you. Nowadays, they don't do that. You give a homeless person a dollar, they'll yell at you talking about, that's all I'm getting. That's all I'm getting a dollar. And what we used to say, beggars can't be choosy. Well, what demon was that? The demon was making them uh, ungrateful to help. If you're on the sidelines and you see a deliverance minister say, come out of them, you demon of beggars can't be choosy. And you get zealous with your, I never heard of that, can't find that in scripture self. You could be Kicking against the pricks. Hello, Saul of Tarsus. Hello, Saul. Hello, Saul of Tarsus, who genuinely thought he was doing the right thing. He genuinely thought that killing Christians with letters, putting them in prison, was the right thing to do. We all do that. Throughout the years, I have condemned things because I didn't have a scripture. Now, obviously, validate everything with scripture but um let me give you an example uh well rather but every situation in life true story can't be really found in a scripture verse you have to depend on the holy spirit in some instances because there's actually in this particular situation there's no text for you to proofread and be like okay god i'm gonna obey you sometimes Things, situations in life can't be found in a scripture. You know, now scripture will help you, but there are moments when you need to depend on the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit will say, listen, ain't no Bible verse for this, but trust me and obey me and keep moving forward. And then God gives you the breakthrough and the victory. Did you catch what I just said? And I'm done and then I'm out of your way. What I'm trying to help you understand is this. Especially those of you that don't do deliverance. You have absolutely no right to go at people doing deliverance in a spooky way when you haven't conducted deliverance in an orderly way. You have no right. 
You can't take the speck out of your brother's eye and you got a log in your own. You don't have the authority to, to tell somebody, yo, stop that weird spooky delivering stuff. And you, you don't have, you haven't cast out a, you know, you know, you stopping people because they praying in tongues, casting out a demon and you can't even cast out a demon in English. Shakata Rabashaya. <laughs> you know, you don't have, we don't, we have no right to do that. We have no right. We have no right to do that. We have no, and we have no right to sit there on our pulpit and be like, that's not of the Holy Spirit. That tactic can't be found in scripture. The tactic might not be able to be found in scripture, uh, but the essence and the spirit of the law will let you know, okay, go for it. So in closing, in closing is you don't know that, it's, that it ain't a demon. And you have no authority to say that it's not. Because the devil has so many levels of evil that all of them are not outlined in scripture. The vast majority of them are. But the Bible says the world is getting darker and darker and darker. And the Bible even says if it had even been possible, even the very elect, even the very elect, you know, like when I hear pastors say astral projection, that's not of God. And go to Africa, go, go, go to some parts of Puerto Rico. They will tell you witches at three o'clock in the morning be flying straight up flying in real life, levitating, going. They're not ready for this in the swamps of Puerto Rico. They will tell you they've seen it with their own eyes. People flying right across the swamp, three o'clock in the morning. Demons. You can't sit here and say, oh, that's charlatan. That ain't real. You don't know that. You don't know that. You don't. You don't. We can't sit here and say, and because people are dealing with so much and so many levels of evil, we can't sit here and say, that's why most uh, immature deliverance workers get stuck. Because they're trying to find a scripture in their head sometimes when they're conducting deliverance and then someone in front of them levitates and they don't know what to do. Let me give you an example of one day when something happened to me. True story. One day, a demon spoke through someone when I was conducting deliverance at my church. And because I read this true story, you, you don't have to believe me. I don't care. True story. I was doing deliverance and I'm closing this uh, podcast broadcast. I'm doing deliverance and I said to the person, say Jesus Christ is coming to flesh. Say Jesus Christ is coming to flesh. The demon looked at me and said, Jesus Christ is coming to flesh. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to do because I was taught that demons can't say that. And then I said, say Jesus, say Jesus. That religious spirit looked at me and said, Jesus. And true story, true story. As a matter of fact, this person that got delivered is still in my church. So then I went to level two. I didn't know what to do. So I started speaking in tongues because I was a good little Pentecostal back then, you know. So I started doing rakatama, shakatama, mama, shaya, shatata, ibo, shanda. I started doing that because I didn't know what else to do. True story. 
my cousin, Prophet Jessica's in my church. She was there. She could testify. If she's watching, say something. You were there that day. The person got up, ran to my face, ran to my face, stood six inches from my face and did this. And started talking demonic tongues six inches from my face, giggling and laughing at me. True story. Going like this. Doing st I freaked out. I didn't know what to do. I, di I didn't know what to do. Because in my head, 1 John chapter 4, and what I was taught throughout the years, that demons couldn't say Jesus. And they couldn't say, Jesus Christ is come in the flesh. That day, I'm going to tell you what happened. How that, lady, how, that, how that person got free. I didn't know what else to do. So... I look at my wife. I was like, I don't know what to do here. So I literally, I, I, the true story was I had somebody downstairs waiting to get their deliverance. So when a demon was manifesting upstairs, the demon started manifesting. That person was manifesting that was waiting for their deliverance. So I, I heard the demon downstairs in the church. I'm like, okay, I got a demon upstairs and downstairs of the church. Jesus, what do I do? So I literally walked away from upstairs and I went downstairs. Halfway down the stairs, one of my prophets from my house that day uh, ended up going to the person upstairs and whatever happened, halfway down the stairs, the demon upstairs came out. Come to find out, true story, that this person has a issue with authority figures and has a hatred towards men. So me sitting there trying to do deliverance on this person was futile because they hated men. I didn't know that. So when the, one of the prophets went in front of, the, front of the person and one of the prophets was a sister, the person opened up, the demon left on the way down. So I run back up and I go, how did you get it out? And when I looked, they were like, ah. Uh, and when I saw, I put the pieces together that the issue was my gender, right? But nevertheless, this was coming from a mature Christian. So I go downstairs um, and downstairs, it was different. Downstairs, oh, the demon manifested. I got it out, but the demon upstairs, I had problem. Now watch this. I didn't know what to do upstairs because I was trying to find a scripture verse for a strategy instead of depending on the Holy Spirit in that instant the Holy Spirit would have told me had I been open to allow the Holy Spirit to reveal to me the strategy I would have said prophet so and so come here you do the deliverance I'll take the I'll take care of the one downstairs but I was being cookie cutter a good pastor and being scripturally minded in that I was bound to a scripture text. I was like going through my files in the in the deliverance session to get an answer. I, I couldn't find anything. And in that moment, it was not a scripture. It was inspiration. It was inspiration. I didn't know any better. And I learned a valuable lesson. Both of them got set free that day. I didn't feel embarrassed because I never feel embarrassed uh, when I can't take out a demon. You want to know why? Because I, I can never take out a demon because I'm not the one who takes out demons. Jesus is. So even if people don't get free, I don't get it. I, I don't deal with that getting embarrassed stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like if I can't take it out, I can't take it out. I move on. You know what I'm saying? Like, all right.
So, closing this broadcast because I'm being long-winded now. But when you are at wit's end and there's nothing in your mind or in your spirit with a scripture, you're going to have to depend on the Holy Spirit to give you the strategy and he will tell you to call a demon out that you ain't never heard of. You ain't never... I'll give you another story. How many of you want another story? Now, I wasn't there for this one. I wasn't there for this one, but somebody uh, that I know that does deliverance told me this story and I knew they weren't lying. One day they were doing deliverance and they couldn't get this person free. <laughs> You're going to laugh. Finally, true story. They called out Power Ranger Demon. Like Power Ranger, like the go, go Power Rangers. Literally. Uh, and the demon manifested and came out. God is my witness. This deliverance minister told me this story because I was wrestling with another deliverance session that me and him were trying to do. And we ended up having to call out a bunch of stuff that we were like, we never heard of that. You demon of. And, it, and afterwards we discussed it and was like, I never heard of that demon. And, and the minister was encouraging me. He was like, listen, sometimes you're just going to have to trust the Holy Spirit. And then he gave me that story and we laughed about it. We literally laughed about it. And I never doubted that ever again. Let me encourage you. Be open. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Be open to the Holy Spirit. He will show you at times something so new that God has given you insight into a new breed of demon. That God needs you to have faith and call it out and call it out. And you're going to have to be obedient and call it out even at the... If, let me tell you something. If you have a suit, you're going to have to call it out. If calling things out like this is not on your spirit or your personality to do, then you are not called to be a reformer. A reformer is called to just be obedient and will do some of the most. A reformer will be considered a heretic in their day. But tomorrow they will be considered a revolutionary. I'm done. The Lord's favor, grace and blessing be upon all of you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Holy Spirit, I'm asking you. Holy Spirit, we ask that you forgive all of us, even me. For the moments we've grieved you by not believing the deposits and the inspirations you dropped in our head. And we thought that there was, we thought it was emotionalism or error or spooky. Holy Spirit, we genuinely repent. We repent. I repent. We all repent. We repent for being so bound to black letters on white pages that we don't even allow ourselves to be open to, to, the, to, to, to a new thing that you want to reveal to us. Forgive us, Holy Spirit. Our heart is in the right place. We're not doing it on purpose, Lord. We just want to be, we just want to be faithful, Lord. Forgive us, Lord, because it's not our intention to grieve you. Holy Spirit, make us open 
to the new strategies, deposits, the new insights, to the new things, and the new demons that are being released by Satan, so that we can be vessels that are effective in helping the present day 2018 believer who's dealing with a whole barrage of sins and iniquities get supernaturally set free. We ask you this in Jesus' name. And Father, we make a covenant with you to keep ourselves open. And Lord, we're scared to do it, Lord. But we promise you we're going to try. We're going to try, Lord, to call those things out even though we look foolish. We're going to call them out. And Father, and if Lord, if we, and if we do, Father, and forgive us when we are in error. And it is not you, it is just zeal. Forgive us for those moments, Lord, we're learning. Forgive us, Father. We love you. We're desperately in love with you, Jesus. And Jesus, we don't want to go to hell for being a coward. For the cowardly have no inheritance in the kingdom of God. And Father, we don't want to, we don't want to be part of the, those who have a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. In the name of Jesus, Messiah. Amen. And amen. Hey guys, if this was a blessing to you, this revelation that I'm giving you is going to be part of my second book that's going to be released May of 2019 with Charisma House. We're going to be dealing with generational curses, new breed of demon, a new breed of demon um, will be the topic of my next book with Charisma House. Uh, so I'm exploring a lot of what the Holy Spirit has been giving me and I'm going to release it to you. Um, and you and you and me are going to help form this thing together. All right. I love you guys. The Lord's favor, grace and blessing be upon you. My name is Alexander Pagani, uh, lead pastor of Amazing Church located here uh, in the Bronx, New York City, a.k.a. He is Risen Tabernacle. This has been a production of the Awakening Podcast Network. Jennifer LeClaire is the founder and owner of APN. Our heart is to inspire people and exalt Jesus with every broadcast. We're grateful for our advertisers and supporters that make these podcasts possible. 